to the Stry. Welcome to the <laughs> Stranger Still Podcast. I'm Kathleen. And I'm Miles. And we are back with our 2023 character by character rewatch of the Stranger Things series where we follow 11 of our favorite Stranger Things characters throughout seasons one through four. Love the cast. Love the characters. It's the heart of Stranger Things. Heck yeah. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube at Stranger Still 22. Subscribe. Sh- Subscribe, share, review us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our fifth character, the ace reporting, barb avenging, demogorgon trapping, pistol firing, shotgun blasting badass. It's Nancy Wheeler. Oh, yeah. We got to throw some love out for Nancy. Oh, Nancy is one of the most consistent characters from season from the first episode to the last. I think yeah. we got a good, just solid track on Nancy from the beginning. I agree. Can't wait to talk about her. I agree. Uh, now you were saying she is the most aired or second most? Second most screen, screen time, time. Okay. of all the characters. So I think everyone kind of intuitively knows 11 well, is yeah. the the number one screen time. But Nancy is number two, ahead of Dustin, ahead of Mike, ahead of Hopper, ahead of Joyce. So, yeah. I was a little surprised by that, but I think that's awesome. I mean, she's a total badass. She does kind of like basically drive the story forward. A lot of the time she is definitely driving. We meet her, though, as a very different person. She is absolutely this older sister, reserved bookworm who is branching out, having a, a quote-unquote rebel phase dating a, a popular boy named Steve Harrington. The most popular boy. The coolest kid in school, mm-hmm. right? She's got her, her bookworm friend, Barb, rolled up into this and is inviting her to a pool party but sends her home uh, where things begin to go wrong. And Barb and Nancy Ooh. have that, that first conversation on the stairs. Why don't you go ahead and go home? I'll just... I'll- Get a ride or something. Mance. Barb. I'm fine. This isn't you. I'm fine. Just... And of course, Nancy goes upstairs to have sex with Steve. And Barb <laughs> goes downstairs to be eaten by a Demogorgon. Brutally eaten by a Demogorgon <laughs> in the most horrifying way. Um, I, I loved this scene the first time we watched it. I thought it was awesome. Um, it's like that classic 80s girl, 80s uh, good girl with a bad boyfriend. Oh, absolutely. And the friend is saying, this isn't you. The 80s trope. Yeah, but is, isn't Barb wrong? I mean, this is... You, Nancy, you, she wants to have fun with Steve, and she she's not yeah. the good girl bookworm that everyone takes her to be. I agree with that. I think, so, you know, Steve is Nancy's first crush. He happens to be the most popular boy in school. So, like, to her, there is excitement in there. Um, but, like, I think that kind of starts to lead her into the person that mm. she becomes. Yeah. Like, she is actually a very like bold person, Mm -hmm. but she's kind of been hidden behind books and academics her whole life so far. And it is a wobbly start to her new boldness. She's kind of a jerk in the first couple episodes. Like she slams the door in Dustin's face when he offers her pizza. And then at dinner, um, she's like, well, I can't go out just because Mike's friend got lost in the woods. No, 
not a lot of concern for Will from Nancy at the beginning. And she's also pretty harsh to Barb. She's like not even willing to tell Barb that she's going up there to have sex. She's got to like have her cake and eat it too. She's like, Barb, I'm just going upstairs. You know, <laughs> right? Barb, geez, Barb. Get <laughs> off my back, Barb. But I think it's the excitement of, you know, being with somebody that's super popular when when mm-hmm. she's always been, they have always been this quiet bookworm. Yeah. Um, well, and it's finally time to discard the dead weight, which is Barb. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> when we were when we first watched this, we're all justice for Barb, and yeah. she's like, and now you're like, drop the dead weight. Well, you know, as more seasons have been added on, I care less about Barb. Uh, <laughs> but in in this moment. That is one of the most brutal scenes as Steve and Nancy have sex to the bangles and Barb is eaten by Demogorgon in contrast. Back back. and forth. Yeah, that's super good. Nancy does care. The next day, Barb is not at school. She's piecing together. Something has happened and she tells Steve and Steve doesn't really care about that. He cares only about getting in trouble. So that drives drives a stake between them. She connects with Jonathan, who is somebody who does really care about what's going on. And they talk at that funeral home and piece together that there actually is a faceless monster in the woods Uh and they must kill it. And really, okay, I was just saying that like the previous scene kind of leads to who she is. It's actually the day after. That Mm. really Mm. is what starts to build into who Nancy becomes. Those are like our first visions of Nancy. Into her investigative uh, uh push forward type Mm -hmm. of thing so her and jonathan they prepare they buy bats they buy guns they're going to go monster hunting it's kind of an uneasy alliance they're not exactly getting along um but on their search at night in the woods they find that bleeding deer and nancy finds a interesting tree that is riddled with upside down portal goo as we come to know it out and she goes into the tree into the tree nancy why why i mean seriously really why why would anyone choose to go through that well we know as we like get to know her through the four seasons that we have that she becomes this fearless strong woman Mm -hmm. so this is kind of the first look at that like she this just shows like she cares about her friends the people that are important to her she is willing to do crazy stuff to protect them and she had just before this like 10 minutes before this she's describing that she doesn't want to settle down get a nice house and a cul-de-sac and stuff like that she's saying all that to jonathan and this is her rejecting that she's not going to take the safe route right um But she doesn't have a good time in the Upside Down. It's not fun. (laughs) She's chased by the creature. She gets out. Jonathan helps helps her out. She is is traumatized. She she rightly points out that, you know, we don't even know. It could just come out of the wall here. We don't know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. She asks Jonathan to sleep over. She doesn't sleep. She's going to push them again. They're determined to get. She's like, round two. We got to go back and kill it. Let's try again. Yeah, I don't know. See, she jumps right into it. Yep. So we like see we basically see very early on that she truly is like obviously not fearless because she does mm-hmm. fear the upside down, but like she is bold and she's ready to take action. Yeah. And all the stuff that happens between Steve as he paints Nancy the slut wheeler on the cinema and Jonathan beating the hell out of Steve, all of that Nancy is annoyed that 
we're losing sight of the objective. We need right. to go get the faceless monster, you stupid idiots. Because she's in, <laughs> super intelligent. Yes, she is. And she's the one on point. So they eventually get swept up with Joyce and Hopper. They're at that uh, that buyer's house for the download and the plan. And Oh, because Steve was in... Or Steve, Jonathan was in jail basically. Oh yeah, that's how he, that's how they get like swept up into Hopper and mm-hmm. Joyce, mm-hmm. and she is part of the plan. And they're gonna they got this little girl who has superpowers, and they're gonna look for Barb and then look for Will. When they look for Barb, Eleven confirms Barb is dead. So while the rest of the characters are awaiting the main event, which is right. where where is Will? Are we gonna find Will? Nancy is crushed. Yeah. Like her <laughs> her whole arc is so much more tragic than everyone else's. She it's the really only get, arc that's really tragic. She doesn't get a season one happy ending. She, no. They're all trying to figure out how to save Will. And she's like, oh, oh, Barb's dead, huh? Yeah, my friend's dead. <laughs> nobody cares about it. There's nobody I can talk to really about it. Right. Except for Steve. <laughs> and I know many people agree with us, but Stranger Things one, the first season, could exist on its own. Oh, right? absolutely. And Wait, <laughs> people don't agree with that? No, I said I know I know many people do agree. Oh, do agree. Okay, Things, I was like, Stranger what? Things 1 could be its own thing and absolutely. if there was never anything else. That would be kind of a sad <laughs> twist for Nancy. Well, you know, not everybody can have the happy ending. Yeah, Will is saved. They're, they're, the kids' theme is going while they play Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Joyce is uh, glazing up the Christmas ham. It's all roses at the <laughs> Wheeler's house. She's giving Jonathan a camera and stuff like that. And it, except for Nancy, she lost Barb. Yeah. And, and never really drops that for the next three seasons. And it, Well, the thing is, it's not just that she lost her best friend. It's that she feels responsible. Yeah. 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 I think that's, and I got some stuff on that in season two, but yeah, gosh, there's she, so much we can delve into that. Yeah, like three or four times, even when they're in the gym, she's like, okay, we should try to kill the monster again. <laughs> Let's go get set a trap. And they get right. the bear traps. That's when Steve comes in there and Steve saves the day, you know, thankfully uh, joining, a, lending a third hand with that nail bat. Um, nail bat. And he, and he was the kind of heroic. The famous nail bat. <laughs> the famous nail bat. And in the end, the epilogue. One month later, we find out Nancy went back to Steve. Why? Why did she go back to Steve? So, okay, when I watched this, I wasn't really happy with her going back to Steve. I kind of wanted to see her go to Jonathan, which is funny because now neither of us are really huge fans of Jonathan, right. as we've seen all four seasons. But um, I do think it, it was a way better story to have her end up with Steve. It makes way more sense because okay Jonathan just got his brother back he's totally caught up in keeping Will safe this is even brought up in the next season mm-hmm. he's like so preoccupied with making sure Will is protected and never alone mm-hmm. but because of that it means that really Steve's the only one who is there for Nancy to help her cope with the death of Barb so like it makes sense that she would have latched on to him um and that that's why they should have ended up together. He is, Steve, is one of the f- only people she can actually talk to about Barb's death, honestly. Yeah. And that wanes as Steve moves on and mm-hmm. she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like the twist, you know, because like you said, it's a trope. The 80s trope. The good girl with the bad jock boyfriend who doesn't care about her. And then the weirdo who does know her for who she really is. You know, she jo- she goes with him. That's the kind of classic 80s trope. This turns it on her on its head. 
Yeah, because Steve ends up being a good yeah. guy. Then the pop- still the popular guy. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan doesn't do anything really to defeat that Demogorgon. So no. she's safer she, with Steve. He's all led by Nancy. Of course, <laughs> from the beginning, she's the leader. Yeah. All right, season two, we pick up. She's been dating Steve for one full year, but stewing on Barb's death. They're having dinner with Barb's parents. Uh, they are... They are She's crying in the bathroom, what I presume is often. Um, Steve suggests they go to a Halloween party. They should be stupid teenagers mm-hmm. for a bit. And Nancy gets drunk and tells Steve. Very uncharacteristic of her. Uncharacteristic and tells Steve everything, including their love, is bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> you know, I, I do think the Barb thing is important. I love that oh, 100% death is not the only stake in a story. You know, yeah. this resonating with Nancy and carrying it for that full year. And like you said, speak on it more. You said there's guilt about Barb. Oh, absolutely. So she feels responsible for Barb's death. And I think also she holds a little resentment against Steve. Um, if she hadn't if she hadn't gone up to Steve's room and left Barb, you know, that was her actions, but he was still a part of that, right? But so if she, she hadn't gone up there, Barb would likely not have died. She made her go to the party in the first place. Yeah. Barb didn't want to go. Uh-huh. But you know, Nancy was so caught up in her first crush, she's losing her virginity. So she wasn't there for Barb when Barb needed her the most. And as a result, Barb died. Yeah. Wow. And she was also the one who made Barb uh, shotgun a beer and cut herself and get that mm. blood that dripped Wh- into the water that got the Demogorgon there. Nicely put, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it was like a very perfect <laughs> line of events there. I felt like I was doing the spider ate the fly who ate the cat who yeah, ate the that's dog. <laughs> what, that, okay, that's what it was. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. So like she does feel this hu- immense feeling of responsibility for Barb's death. And that is the wedge that becomes between her and Steve. Do you think she's really conscious of that, though? No, I don't think she's fully conscious. I think she is caught up with the loss of Barb. Like, she does feel that, and she knows that that's there. Mm -hmm. And she, she doesn't realize that a lot of that anger is what's coming between her and Steve. Yeah. Everyone else has been moving on, but there is another character who hasn't, and that's Jonathan. And she confides in Jonathan. They both carry this weight. It makes them mad. They're mad at the fact they have to play, pretend, and and cover up for the lab. Uh And they're going to take the lab down. They undertake (laughs) an espionage mission. Again, led by Nancy. Led by Nancy. Because she's the smart one. That ends up with a cassette tape of Dr. Owens incriminating himself. Dr. Owens... Hard fail on that. You got to pat people down for recording devices, but incriminating the lab and they're going to take it to Murray in Illinois and bust that lab. And they are. okay. so they are juniors at this point. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Because the next season, they're seniors. We were were confused about that on the rewatch. The fact that like she is able to orchestrate this as a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm imagining a lot of of our listeners are adults here. Like, can you think back of like when you were that age? Were you smart (laughs) enough to put something like this together the way Nancy does? I know I I wasn't. No, I was not. No. But she does get. A little bit of humble pie, a little bit of of learning a lesson here. When she goes up to Murray and she's like, I got it. And he really slows her roll Mm -hmm. and gives her her first 
real investigative reporting lesson. Better. Perfect. We water it down. Precisely. Wait. I love this. You know, I you know I love every scene that Murray is in. Murray is your favorite. He is. I love this scene for Nancy because she goes in there like, is the tape incriminating? Yes or no? You know, and I was relieved, first of all, that she doesn't just, you know, she doesn't got like sheer pluck. You know, she takes down an organization just out of sheer determination. She needs this lesson. She's saying, you know, you're an idiot. Why do you have to think? We have him on tape. And as he explains it to her, saying, or actually before he explains it to her, doing the drinks, doing the drinks, she catches on and mm-hmm. levels up, in my opinion. She's the one who says, water it down, explains it to us, the audience. He yeah. hasn't said it yet. Yeah, but th- she makes the connection that he's already yeah. making in his mind, uh, that Murray is already making in his exactly. mind. So two minutes after saying it's simple question, is it incriminating or not, she's the one who is understanding the nuance. Mm-hmm. And Nancy's ability to learn, and I mean, she's going to be a, a great, reporter in the 90s and 2000s absolutely and the thing i love about this scene this moment in particular too is that jonathan he's clearly does not have the brains because he he starts walking away at this point he has zero faith in murray (laughs) but you can when you're watching this scene you can actually see the gears turning in nancy's mind Mm -hmm. as he's making this drink like it's just so cool like you really see that picture of intelligence from her um and her strength like it's just a great scene totally and this is an important scene for nancy i really agree with that she's the one who says we make it like three mile island make it like a lab spill or something yeah um so they got the water down plan Murray guesses their life stories as they celebrate. You know, Jonathan, love that too. you guys have shared trauma. That's the real shit. I'm going upstairs. See you juniors in high school later. <laughs> and Jonathan and Nancy sleep together. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think we were all happy about it at this moment. At we, the time. we weren't hating on Jonathan quite yet. I know. And Not do, that we really hate. We don't really hate on we Jonathan. We got a whole episode about Jonathan that we can talk about. I don't think we hate him. You're right. No, no, no. Uh, they So they leave Murray's the next day after Murray tells them, don't ever contact me again. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. And they go to the buyer's house where they realize the lab has been there because they're unaware of everything else happening. They're unaware that Will is flayed, that he has oh, these now yeah. memories, that Hopper is digging into vines at the at Farmer Brown's uh, field. They're completely unaware. They're just going to go to the lab because the lab has clearly been there taking pictures. Yeah, That's why they're there. You forget about that. Because they find the Polaroids. Yeah, they find the Polaroids or the, the cartridges. The cartridges, yeah. yeah. And also see a bunch of crayon drawings that they have no context the for. The heck is this? <laughs> the but so, they know it's man, not good. Are we missing season two over here? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> they get swept up in the escape from the lab where they learn Bob Newby is dead. Mm. And Jonathan Aww. and Nancy, while well, Jonathan takes part in the, the plan to get the Will Flair to give them some information in the shed, Nancy mm. and Steve find some closure. And that's where Steve says, you know, I, I'm a bad boyfriend, but uh, I'm a great babysitter. You go with Jonathan. God, Steve's such a good guy. He's a good guy. And I guess 
just to just to tie a bow on that that whole year that they're dating in right. between seasons one and two. Were they really bullshit? Was Nancy and Steve bullshit, especially in context of of now they're sort of rekindling uh, of uh, of something of a spark in season no. four? No, I really don't think so. I mean, because I, I think Steve filled a need that Nancy had in that year. She needed to be comforted. She needed to have somebody to lean on to grieve the loss of her best friend. Um, but so she she needed all of that. I think that built for like like a comforting relationship that she needed at the time. Um, but her guilt just kind of morphed into this anger at herself and this little bit of resentment for Steve. And I mean, I think she knows that he's not really at fault, but it's all wrapped up in her guilt and her anger at herself. Mm. And because of that, I think it, it just wasn't the right time for them. Nancy needed to grow into the person that she becomes as we continue to watch Stranger Things. Yeah. And of course, we know that Steve needs this thump. Yeah. The breakup and the, the heartbreak thump. with Nancy to, to become who he is. Mm-hmm. So Nancy leaves Steve with the kids and she goes with Jonathan <laughs> and Joyce to roast Will Byers. And one thing I forgot, but this rewatch reminded me is she is really the one who is like deputy to Joyce. Joyce is like, we're getting this thing out of here. We're burning Will. And Will's like choking Joyce. And Nancy like takes a fire poker. Jonathan is having none of this. He's like, you're killing him. You're killing him. And Nancy is just, we're doing this. Yep. She knows what needs. She knows the assignment. Yeah, she knows the assignment. And ultimately, they succeed. They roast out the mind flare from Will Byers. Save the day. The gate is closed by 11. And all is well. Boom. End of season two. For now. Yeah, season three. So now... Season three, we pick up, and Nancy and Jonathan have been mm-hmm. going out for about eight months here, yeah. and they're some- and we're happy, we're happy oh, at this. Oh, point, absolutely, yeah. and and they're clearly you know going steady. She's staying oh, yeah. at his house. Um, there's <laughs> Joyce some- pretends to not know. I know. Joyce knows <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, she got the he's got the lipstick on his face. Yeah. <laughs> they're summer interns at the Hawkins Post. And Nancy is not having a good time at this sexist workplace. She's a coffee girl. Uh, They're just horrible, horrible people. I mean, they really are. All those reporters and the editor. Absolutely. And that was just kind of the atmosphere, I think, in the business world. Like, it wasn't a woman's world in the 80s. Yeah. as well Or before. Yeah. I mean, it's only been, you know, 20, 30 years since women even worked at all. You know, because there was like World War Two women worked because men were away. But like uh, an idea of a woman just wanting a career was relatively new, even in 1983. Not like not like brand new, but still it was hard. Very hard. Jonathan is unsure. But Nancy. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a part. Nancy answers a call late at night. Mm -hmm. She gets a tip. Crazy rats. rats, And she's determined to investigate Jonathan is unsure, but Nancy multiple times <laughs> pushes them to keep going. Even after they're told not to do it, she says, we'll ask forgiveness, not permission. And that gets them fired <laughs> eventually. Mrs. Uh, Driscoll, all that stuff happens. And then there's some. we see that friction between Jonathan and Nancy as they're driving and their relationship, I mean, is kind of faltering without a shared trauma situation, right? Yeah, maybe. I think, you know, I think it comes from 
Jonathan, as a man, he does not understand what she's going through truly. And he's also like super non-confrontational. He's a total pushover. I mean, you see that because Nancy is able to lead him into all of the things that they do. Not once is he actually like leading anything. My favorite joke. The last thing Jonathan decided to do on his own was take pictures of Nancy in her bra. (laughs) Right? Almost nothing else until season four. Yeah. So like he's just not really able to truly understand what she's going through as a woman in this workspace. So I I think there there is friction there. Is that like their relationship faltering at this moment? Mm. I don't know that they're quite there yet. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. There's definitely a a learning and growth moment for Jonathan here. Right. I mean, he admits he's wrong later that for thinking that this is the type of stuff you got to get through. You got to get sandwiches for these people as they, you know, mock you and just have a grand old time. Yeah, but did he have to get through that? No, he didn't. No. But he think he thinks that you just got to push through it, right? Right, yeah. But I also do think that he has somewhat of a point in, and I got to be careful here, <laughs> he's somewhat <laughs> of a point that she is willing to pay, play much more fast and loose with their employment than, he, than he is. Like, yeah. you know, if those people weren't horrible people, and they just, you know, said no professionally to her, uh, you know, in a in a professional manner that don't invest in Mrs. Driscoll. I think she still would have, and she still would have probably gotten them fired. You know, so there that's Jonathan's sort of like friction there. He's poor and she's rich. Yeah. And that that friction on the other side is there. Ultimately, she is definitely more right than he is because of the behavior of those of those Absolutely. workers. I do think that you're right to bring that up, though. Yes, he is coming from it from a totally different aspect. So Nancy and Jonathan split. Nancy goes back home. She is distraught, unemployed, or internship has failed, and she's down in the dumps in a way we haven't really seen her across yeah. three seasons. And this is where she gives she needs help from her mommy. She Mama. makes eye contact. I love the moment they make eye contact. Nancy opens the door. Karen's looking at There's no lines in that scene. It's just Nancy looking at Karen, and they're going to have this wonderful, like, great discussion in the kitchen. And it's like the moment that we didn't get when Nancy lost her virginity, oh, and yeah. Karen knows. Yep. And Karen knows, and Karen's trying to connect with her in that moment. Yeah. But... Nancy's not ready to do that, but she does go to her mom in this moment. I think it's very sweet. Well, wherever you get it from, I'm proud of you. Proud of me for getting fired. That you stood up for yourself. That you stood up to those shitheads. Mom! Yes, those shitheads. And if you believe in this story, look at me, Nancy finish it man thinking back to how nancy describes her mom to jonathan in season one Mm -hmm. that karen kind of settled for the the life that she has but then comparing that to to nancy now karen is recognizing in this moment that this is a turning point for nancy one that she that karen was clearly confronted with but Mm. chose wrong in her opinion chose wrong but she knows that nancy's strong enough to make the choice that karen didn't make 
you know, when she went and married Ted. So, like, I don't know. I just, that is such a beautiful moment. Also, I think Nancy sees in this moment how strong Karen is, like, acknowledging that even though she settled, she 100% committed to the decision that she made to raise her children to be strong and independent. Um, She did not waver at any moment, even though she gave up everything. And she's lived with Karen this whole time and realizes her determination does come at least partly from the character of her mom. Not, Not from Ted. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love that moment. She, where do you, I don't know where you get from, Dad. And they both just burst out <laughs> laughing. The idea of Ted being inspirational what is I so do? absurd. What I do? And I, I love this moment for Nancy. You know, you're right about everything you said about Karen seeing this and and pushing Nancy in a way that she probably wasn't pushed. Yeah. And Nancy is. This is the this is the walls breaking down of parent and child. You know. You know, Nancy becoming an adult. And so you know the swearing, right? Yeah. The swearing, shit, like mom, you don't swear. It's like, well, I do now. We're both basically adults. Yeah. The sitting on the kitchen counter itself, the setting, like you know, little Nancy wasn't allowed to sit on the kitchen counter. No. You know, and there's just something there where they're just kind of becoming equals or just taking a, a level up there. And man, it's this is one of the best things that. I really think that there isn't strange things. This is one of this up there with that bitching scene between yeah. Hopper and Elle. This dialogue is so good. A beautiful moment. She, yeah, because Karen's acknowledging her maturity in this moment. Yeah. And Karen has the the moment where she says, um, "You know, you're you're getting beat down. The world beats you up, and you know they say you're not smart and you're not good. And eventually, I, oh, I mean you, you know, I mean going, going from first person <laughs> yeah. to second person, you get kind of that." full admission that Karen eventually was like, fine, I'll, I'll do what you want. Because mm-hmm. Karen is from the 60s, yeah. right? Where it's even worse. Even harder. Yeah. So she convinces her and says, Nancy, if you started this investigation, gall darn it, finish the Go investigation. So Nancy says, yeah, and goes to see Mrs. Driscoll. It happened exactly like that. <laughs> so see Mrs. Driscoll at the hospital, which coincides with the sauna test uh, that Mike and uh, and Max and, and Billy and all of them are doing. And Mrs. Driscoll's going nuts. And Nancy's like, wait, whoa, this is upside down stuff. Yeah, because the, that's right, because they don't know until <laughs> yeah, exactly. that moment that this is upside down stuff. And so she's like, well, I guess we do got to bring back Jonathan, get some more of that sweet shared drama. And... Uh, <laughs> They do, and she calls up Jonathan, and they go to the hospital because of Will's idea. Let's mm-hmm. let Mrs. Driscoll free, and then she'll he'll or she'll lead us back to the source. Right. So they go there. Her and Jonathan, they meet the flayed newsman, who they have this crazy fight with. They kill those guys. They form into a mini meat flare, (laughs) where Nancy's trapped in the room with the mini meat flare and ultimately saved by Eleven. That that was a scary moment. Uh, They go to the cabin, the attack. I mean, everything is happening. Kind of fast here, yeah. From here in the season three, we're rolling into the finale. Exactly. There's a battle at the hospital. There's a battle at the cabin. There's a battle at the mall. 
in the cabin attack and the mall, Nancy's big contributions to the end of season three are just some badass gun work. Hell yeah. I mean, she, how did she get so good with guns? She's she's shooting um, tendrils of the meat flare off and the shotgun in the cabin. And then she's just staring down the oncoming Billy in that Camaro. And she's just firing a pistol you know, to her death. She's like, I'm going to hit this guy or I'm going to die. And she's she's not blinking. It's her, she's uh, truly fearless and she's super strong, super intelligent. She's uh, like, I've said that a million times throughout this podcast mm-hmm. so far. Uh, the gun thing, I think it's like a combination of her natural talent, her steady hand because she's fearless, mm-hmm. because she's super confident. Um, and yeah, she's a badass. Well, Joyce closes the gate. The Battle of the Starcourt Mall ends. Just a few little things happen. Yeah. You know. <laughs> a few little things happen. But Nancy's mostly along for the ride after her her firing straight into Billy. And yeah, and she was not going to move, by the way. She, she wasn't. She would have died if Steve hadn't been there. Yeah, or hit Billy. And she knows it, too. Yeah. Uh, but the battle ends. Joyce is like, okay, we're done. I'm taking Jonathan. I'm moving to California. And Nancy's going to stay senior year without her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Hardly the most important thing, considering Nancy's. We keep talking about Nancy. Like that's a, that's another thing. Nancy. This goes to our Valentine's Day episode. This love triangle is like pretty small on Nancy's priorities of as a character. Right. Right. I mean, she is like becoming a badass in our in our view from episode one, season one to the end of season four, the love triangle seems almost trivial to it. And that that's what separates her from being like a child, like a lot of them. Like she is super mature through all of this and mature enough to realize like what is truly important. Well, in season four, Nancy is running the school paper with her deputy Fred. (laughs) As she should be. I mean, again, she's a badass. She's annoyed that Jonathan's not coming home for spring break. And they're just obviously on the fritz, their long-distance relationship not going great. With Fred, she investigates the death of Chrissy. Chrissy is snapping the bones in the, in the mobile home park. They talk their way into the mobile home park. And then Fred is snapping the bones and dies. <laughs> Nancy's there just next to Fred's just mutilated corpse in the road. And she's relieved to see Steve... And the party arrive at the crime scene. Her face when she sees them is so, you know, touching. She's like, right. there, there's my people. There's my people. Yeah. Her support. They, in the in the mobile home park, they sh- download all of the information they know so far about Vecna. <laughs> I love that. Download the info. <laughs> yeah. And then they split up. So Nancy and Robin are going to go investigate what is Nancy's long shot Victor Creel theory. Because she had talked to Eddie's uncle and Eddie's uncle thinks this is Victor Creel. So she's just going to get some more information on that. She knows there's something there. She does. So against Steve's objections, he doesn't get to go. <laughs> He's, He's the babysitter. Again. But Nancy and Robin at the library and then the Penhurst Asylum. It, there's some friction there as they work together. Mm-hmm. Nancy and Robin. What, what What's their friction about? Well, I mean, Nancy's jealous, of course. Jealous of I mean, Robin. Yes. Okay, so she's... 
already kind of on the fritz with Jonathan. The relationship isn't great right now. And then, of course, she's confronted with her first love, the person she lost her virginity to, who seems to have this like super intense, strong relationship with Robin. But what Nancy doesn't realize is that they are truly just friends. Like they're just really close friends and Robin's not a threat. Of course, Robin knows how Steve still feels about Nancy, but Nancy doesn't see that. So there's this jealousy there, but I, the, I love the way it's handled. It's handled like in such a very adult way by Nancy. Like she, it's not like she's being disrespectful or rude or anything. She's clearly super annoyed, but she's trying not to be like, mean or angry towards Robin. Of course, Robin's smart enough to catch, like pick up on everything. Yeah. Can I throw something just against the wall? I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but not true. No, Robin is better at this than Nancy is for, for seasons one, two, and three. Nancy is right about everything. Jonathan's a pure sidekick. And so is Fred earlier in the day. They make no meaningful contribution except for like nominal pushback that helps Nancy Nancy is pretty much wrong. She Robin is the one who figures out where it is to check the tabloids. Robin is the one who make who ad libs on the Penhurst Asylum plan. Mm-hmm. Nancy's plan was not going yeah. to work. Robin is the one who makes it work. It's just kind of interesting that <laughs> this is the first time some some small growth for Nancy that she's actually there's someone just as good as her. Yeah, just as good if not smarter than her. Yeah. Yeah, cuz she's always been the smart take charge one and then Robin comes in. Yeah. And cuz Robin the whole time is saying this plan sucks. Like I don't want to dress up like this, you know, that we uh-huh. could do something else and she makes it something much better that actually works. Yeah. Um, I think Nancy in that moment is realizing like okay, yeah. like all right, Robin's actually pretty badass and who's the one who figures the music thing out that saves max it's robin Robin, not nancy um but kate bush saves max thanks to robin and nancy's investigative uh flashback with victor (laughs) creel and uh they realize uh that there's more kids in danger there's that moment upstairs when nancy and max are sitting there max is trying to draw what she's seen and nancy's like that's the creel house so now she's absolutely certain they're going to go to the Creel house. They learn but that's Vecna's home in the upside down and all sorts of stuff happened in season four. They go back to the late cabin. Uh, they come upon uh, Patrick's murder. They meet Eddie at Skull Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, all to get us to the lake and the Watergate moment where Steve is going to go swim down and test Dustin's theory that there's a gate at the mm-hmm. bottom of the lake. Mm-hmm. And he gets sucked in by the upside down and Nancy dives after him. The first one. And she's the no first hesitation. One. Exactly. She's like, he's not coming up. I'm going to the bottom of the lake now, despite the danger. And I think, you know, you, we talk about Nancy. We introduced her as a bookworm. We talk about her with guns. But man, she is also, as much of a thinker, she is a true fighter. Mm-hmm. And we did yeah. this for Steve. What's her What's her best heroic moment? God, there's so many to choose from. Well, I have a few for you to choose from. Okay. She brings the tape cassette into the Hawkins lab in okay, season two. One. Uh, she fire extinguishes uh, the flayed Bruce when she beats him <laughs> in that hospital. Yep. <laughs> um, she shotgun blasts the meat flare when, she's, mm-hmm. when it's attacking Eleven in the cabin. 
right, she, that's three. She's shooting Billy as he drives across the parking lot in the star, Battle of Star Court, as we talked okay. about. And then this, diving into the lake after Steve and then beating off the bats once she gets in there. All right. Should I rank them one through five? Rank them one through five. Okay. Should I start with number one? Yeah. No. Start with five. All right. All right. I think, okay, no, I know. Number five in this situation situation is the fire extinguisher because yeah it was pretty badass she just like beat him to crap with this fire extinguisher however it in that moment it's like completely fear driven yeah. so you could kind of use the excuse that other people might have done the same thing in this situation mm-hmm. so i don't know if like that truly displays her awesomeness yeah number what, four What's your number five? No, I, I don't have them. You, oh, okay. you, you take right, the, I'll, I did, I'll take the lead. I'll I know I wrote this, here. but I love a good power ranking. I'm going to let you do it. Okay, okay. So number four, I think the shotgun blasts the meat flare. Ooh, yeah. So she has like this absolute confidence in wielding that shotgun. It's super impressive. Like, this is a giant killer blob that's resorbed like a <laughs> bunch of the townsfolk. Yes. Yet here she is, fury in her eyes, blasting this thing. That's why she's such a badass. But I have it ranked kind of lower because uh, they're just like, they're already in the danger situation. Yeah. So you're, you're confronted with two things. You either cower in fear or you fight back. Good and of criteria. course she fights back because yeah. she's, she's awesome. Uh, number, so that was number four. So number three, um, the tape cassette to Hawkins lab and yeah, she didn't do any like shooting or fighting or anything, but she does know what the, the, that the lab is capable of bad things, Mm -hmm. obviously. And she knows that there could be some terrible consequences, but she does it anyway. I mean, like, that's ballsy. Changes the game right there. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she convinces Jonathan to do it, too, because, you know, he wouldn't have done it without her But did he, did he need to be there? She uh, had the tape. No, so. she basically did everything. <laughs> She's crushing it. Okay, so that was number three. Number two, shooting at Billy as he drives towards her. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay. damn. Like, yeah, if she doesn't take him down. It doesn't actually make any difference. But she stays there till the end. And she doesn't flinch at all. Not even in the last second. Because she doesn't know Steve's about to save her life. She knows that she's about to die there. It gets to a point of no return. And yet she doesn't move. So, damn, she's such a badass. But number one has got to be diving into the lake after Steve. Because that is going into the upside down that and she could die and she knows it in this moment and yet she is like clearly the heroic one here as she makes the choice to go down there i'm like i like so steve is like a hero yeah but he's like afraid of everything right <laughs> right except but nancy she has like no, not no fear but like she is like a five-star general like she just goes for it decisive Uh uh-huh very decisive not a lot of fear there and she's like ready to do anything to save the people she loves well power ranked i love a good power ranking do you agree do you think i um, i'm gonna put billy at number one probably in the lake number two yeah that was a hard one for me otherwise i agree so uh the upside down 
they are now in it because because of this. They do. Uh, Robin and Eddie follow Nancy down into the Upside Down. They beat off the bats. They escape the Upside Down by connecting with Dustin because they go to the Wheeler house to right. find her guns. They realize the Upside Down is in 1983. They communicate with Dustin through the light bright, as you do. And as they're just about to escape through Eddie's trailer, Nancy is Vecnaed. And Vecna shows her his backstory and tells her to tell Eleven and lets her live. And how does she respond? By saying, we're going to go back and kill Vecna. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever's happening in Lenora is connected to all of this. I'm sure of it. Vecna can't hurt them. Not if he's dead. We have to go back in there. Back to the upside down. Whoa, whoa, no, no, nope. no, no, no. What? Nope. No, 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 let's think this through, okay? What is here to think through? We barely made it out of there in one piece. Yeah, because we weren't prepared. But this time, we will be. We'll get weapons and protection. We'll go through the gate, we'll find his lair, and we'll kill him. Or he'll kill us. The only reason that you Badass Nancy's and at it again. She's pushing the whole group, because right after that, Robin is also like, no, we, you know, he is super powerful. We are going right. to die. She's the one pushing forward. Like you said, she's the five-star general. She's the organizer. Gets help from Dustin. Gets help from Max, of course. I love this scene because it's another example of Nancy taking it into her own hands with with her decisiveness. Yeah, when she's been like shown the worst thing that could possibly happen, and she knows in that moment that it is going to happen unless they do something but like and so she makes that connection immediately she's just gone through this terrifying experience Mm -hmm. that does not thwart her instantly she knows what has to be done they don't have a plan but she knows it has to happen no matter what and they do they create a plan they execute a plan and it ends with success right it ends with nancy steve and robin steve robin throw a molotov cocktail and nancy is shotgun in the hell yeah who's at the forefront (laughs) nancy is she is on the front line she is the one leading them up there shotgunning vecna should have went for the head but you know whatever chest shots are fine (laughs) i guess i mean he does live he does live so would it have killed him if they shot him in the head though would i don't know it's i'm unclear we'll have to see what happens in season five i feel like his consciousness is somehow in the hive mind or something. I, I don't know. Cause you know, we got some weird stuff going on, uh, but that's the end. And now we have to wait until season five. <laughs> I don't know how to wrap this one up exactly. Um, except or I guess, except to say with this last thing, what, what does Vecna use to get into Nancy's mind? Oh, well, it goes back to the barb guilt. It followed her from season one. And he knows exactly what to tell her. I don't forget. I don't forget about the people I kill, but you do. You're living a life. The whole thing starts with that. I just love the consistency of Nancy's character. It's one of the big things of Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, What do you think? What do you think is up for Nancy in season five? What do you think she's going to do? Well, uh, will we end with like the Nancy Jonathan, like they're okay, which they're clearly not. I know. Check um, out our Valentine's Day episode for more about the, <laughs> the way the love triangle ends here. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I like what you've said in the past that she'll end up alone. I think we're going to see more badassery from Nancy for sure. I think, yeah, I think Nancy is going to complete the Barb 
vengeance. Like she oh, got, she you got, think she's going to be the one to do it, huh? Well, I think she got watered down resolution. The lab is gone, but the lab's not really, the Demogorgon's gone, but the Demogorgon, the lab, they're not really what killed Barb. At the root of it, it was you, Vecna, and she's just going to determine to <laughs> fully avenge Barb. But are we going to take that justice from Eleven? Because Eleven was obviously like... Uh, I think Eleven will probably do the final blow, but I think Nancy is still going to be invested. She's not Mm -hmm. just going to be like, yeah, you guys do your thing. I think she's still like, there's one more thing that I got to tick off before I can go on with my life. Okay. Okay. All right. There you have it. Season five wrapping up. Season five wrapping up. (laughs) That is Nancy. We will be back for our sixth character, Lucas Sinclair. Oh, yeah. He's the one that's developed the most for me, I think. I'm really excited for this one. That's going to be a really good one. I'm Miles. I'm Kathleen. Okay.